There is not a one-size-fits-all solution to leadership. Discover your inspiration to lead by hearing from those who are in the trenches each day, leading themselves and leading others. We will learn about their unique leadership style and identify the shared qualities between those who do it tremendously well. Welcome to the Lead with Empower podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Lead with Empower podcast season three. Keeps on going strong here. Now, we're kind of kicking it back a little bit here, like 17, 18 years ago. Old friend, old co-worker. Yes. yes. Uh, my man, Joe Dumpson. Joe is a shift administrator for the Department of Youth Services at the state of Massachusetts. But we go back, we first met in the fall of, like, I, I had to do some math, I had to bring out the old calendar, knock the dust off. <laughs> Uh, fall of 2003 at the Mill Pond School, wow. Joe was the uh, uh, the in-house coordinator, and it, it, was, it was more than that. We'll talk about that for the for the middle school uh, at the Mill Pond School. But uh, I look back on those times, and it was you know very formative, right? Um, you know, for me as a professional, and I, I'm so you know grateful that you know you know getting to work alongside you and and a, a great team of people there back, you know you know, Absolutely. for a handful of years, but, uh, Joe Dumpson, shift administrator for Massachusetts state department of youth services. D how are you? Hey, man? Dan, how you doing, baby? How you doing? It's good to be here. Good oh, it's, good, it's good to have you on. How are you? How's your family doing? Everybody doing okay from a health safety standpoint? Um, you know, just had a tragedy, um, the day before yesterday, you oh, know, geez. so I'm sort of, you know, navigating, being placed in the role that I've been sort of, I guess, born to do, you know, so I'm trying to lead through this tragedy, you know, like, and it was a tragedy, and, you know, so it's day to day, and when we're, you know, making do, doing the best we can. I'm sorry to hear that, D, and, and you. you know, if there's anybody that has the, you know, the strength to, to, to get through and bring other people through tough situations, you know, I'm, I'm talking to one of them right now, and Thank you. You know, be, you know, before we go any further, sending my best and prayers up to, you know, you and your family, Joe. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Much um, appreciated. Yeah, no, no, no problem. And, and, you know, appreciate you obviously taking time to, you know, to, to, to jump on with us today. To after Absolutely. After something like that. So um, talk a little bit. I know you have a couple, couple young ones in the household. How challenging has it been to try to try to work try to manage at-home learning, try to manage the restrictions that we've been under for the past 12 months. A leadership challenge in and of itself right there. Give tell us a little insight it. into that, Joe. Um, tell me about it. And it's um, <laughs> like, like I sort of, like I like it's forced me to do a ton of research because I feel like, and I see people are starting now on the news and different places to talk about it. But I saw it as abuse last year, you know, and I've, truly feel like I'm watching someone abuse my children. Um, and then other, so through my research, I saw other children being abused, suicide, domestic abuse, domestic violence, suicide, uh, um, substance abuse, kids at home all day with their, with their abusers. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Kids at home, not, you know, not eating correctly, kids at home without the proper Wi-Fi. you know, um, you know, we have a pretty stable, fairly functioning household and my daughter's regressing like i'm watching her regress first bad report card first outburst with us um you know my sons and priests so i did the montessori route for what they yeah. offer but this isn't it you know and so 
you know, my son didn't get his, he didn't get his mode of learning tech, you know, technology until December. So from September, to, from September to December, we provided the iPad, but what about the families who couldn't? What about yeah. the families who, so I'm trying to being who I am, rally the troops. So like I periodically will put a post out, you know, I get horror stories. Yeah. My kid, but no one will stand with me. So to have one person go to city hall or the school committee or school board, sounds like you're just a complainer no one else is everyone so that's always a hard thing for me is to get people to like people want to stand behind me it's hard to get people to stand with me a lot yeah you know so that's what i'm experiencing how um how have you you know as uh, as one of the adults in the household how have you obviously you've had to take you know take care of the technology piece which you know not everybody has the ability yeah. to do that. What other adjustments have you guys made at home just to try to, you know, they're not getting the regular six, seven hours in the school building with a teacher. What, what's the, what are some of the adjustments that you guys have tried to implement just cool. so it's not a complete loss of, you know, 18 yeah. months or whatever. Yeah. And, and, and that's what it feels like. So what I just recently implemented was like a token reward system. And I went all the way back to mill pond. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> Because I had to figure out, like, I didn't want to be the bad guy. I was taking tablets, taking TV, going to, like, like I had become the bad guy, like, with a system that I didn't agree with, you yeah. know, because the studies say, you know, this isn't, a, this, this isn't something that will affect kids. This isn't something that schools are super spreaders. We have charter schools, private schools, parochial schools, we have around the world where kids are going to school. And they're going to school, you know, and so I had this sort of I'm trying to enforce and I spoke to my daughter's teacher. And I said, you know, I said she will always I, said, I will make sure she will always respect you. She will always be present. But, you know, when she has to go to the bathroom, I'm going to let her go to the bathroom when she's, you know, no snacking. I said, you know, her little brother's eating a snack. I'm going to give her one. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, I was telling my daughter, listen, if you're going to raise your hand, say you're going to the bathroom or we're not going to be forced to sit in the chair. You already went to the bathroom. Nah, I wasn't really, you know, and so the token reward system, what I did, I got tired of being the bad guy. So I went and bought some stickers, bought some notebooks. I um, looked at their target areas of sort of what my daughter was struggling with and talking back and not wanting to get up for school, not wanting to attend school, um, if you can call it that. And so you get a sticker, you get a sticker for the things you do, um, you know. You get a, you get extra stickers. You get extra stickers for helping her little brother because he has to try to be, because I would be torn between, between you know, we own a business going to open up the gym, yep. you know, and coming back. And so their mother is a police officer and she works at night. So she's, when she comes in at seven in the morning, she's been up all night. So, so she's going to lay down. And so, you know, it, it gave my daughter a lot of responsibility and I, you know, rush home, you know, but she's sort of, you know, my wife sleep on the couch in the living room or in the room or whatever. But and so they may be in the hallway outside the room, but they're trying to be quiet because they don't want to wake her up. And, yeah. and you know, you're asking a four year old and a seven year old not to say stop looking at me, you know, not to <laughs> not to be trying to get them in trouble. You know, and so that's one thing I implemented and, it, you know, and it worked fairly well, you know, and so we had, they get to, to earn stuff, you know, like I buy them stuff and you get to earn, you know, different things for your good behavior. And that's something that that I did with Mill Pond and did in Brightside and did in other places that I worked. Yeah. Yeah, no. And, and which is important. I think, you know, it's I think a lot of it, especially we're, we're in a similar age range where, yeah. you know, it was hammer on the things that people weren't doing yeah. versus, 
yeah. versus hey let's 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 throw a little <laughs> little bonus for the, the things that someone is doing and they're more likely absolutely. to want to do it again <laughs> absolutely because it was hammer first then i'll tell you i was like oh i like no tv no tablet no first i'm taking games they can't play now i'm taking the tablet completely and it's crying and i'm coming to bad guy and i'm like okay this is not what i want you know and so how do i get what i want and so i think about some of the more challenging kids but that's actually so there's always like a fine line and I sort of you know got myself in trouble a little bit as I do with some of my bosses but you know most people I see when dealing with like I was that kid so most people don't understand that it's a fine line like so it's limits and love and so you either get knee jerk and we're gonna love the bad out of you and that doesn't always work you know yeah. and then you get somebody who wants to I'm gonna hammer and that doesn't work either and so when you think about like when I think about it, what a you know from a male perspective, like I think of the TV dad, right? That's sort of how I learned how to be a father was the TV yeah. dad. Like I didn't have that in my life per se, you know. And so, like it's like it's love with limits. It's and I look to Ethereum, who I think is you know who was you know that we worked with at Mill Pond, who I think was one of the greatest minds of all time when it comes oh, great to human being, like one of the greatest human beings of all beings time ever yeah. of all time of all time of all time and so um i watched sort of how he was able to sort of maneuver through that and so i've always tried to apply most places don't understand either want to do like lefty 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 we're just gonna you know let him do it we're just gonna well that doesn't change it right <laughs> yeah. and at some point somebody's not going to let him do it. At some point, the cops aren't going to let him do it. The judge isn't going to let him do it. So what are you setting them up for, right? And so when you have love with limits, it's I'm going to give you as much love as you need, but I'm also going to apply the structure that you need as well. It's, you know? And it's like anything else, like too much of one, too much of something is not good, right? Right, absolutely. You know, if you, you know, if you're trying to get into shape, but you love ice cream, it's okay to have ice cream once in a while. But if, you know, <laughs> my kryptonite, you know, if, if it's every day, right. Absolutely. 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 Mine as well. <laughs> you know, hey, talk, so fine line. Exa exactly. It's finding that balance of the, like you said, the, the love and the structure. And I, it's yeah. a, it's a great start right there. Talk, Hey, talk a little bit about your role, shift administrator, working with the department of youth services. What's I guess prior to COVID, right? Cause I think that has yeah. had an impact on everybody's normal, typical day. Prior, yeah. to, prior to last year, March, what was a, a, a day like for you, a day in the life of you at the, at the workplace? Okay, day in the life. So when I first started, right, when I first started, currently, um, you know, I don't have to get into it too much. I'm currently um, injured in the line of duty. Um, so, but when I first started, right, so the, the first unit I was hired for was the most, quote unquote, supposedly the most dangerous um, juveniles in Massachusetts. Like yeah. these were the kids who, you know, caught charges while locked up somewhere. They either injured a staff or did something, escaped, whatever the case may be. So it was a stabilization unit. And so upon arriving, like I sort of, like I used to get, like my first day, right? Give, give you a quick story. First day, um, walk in. So I'm sort of, sort of watching the floor, like we're in the day room, you know, and, and they pop their doors because they go in, they get locked in after school for about an hour. And um, so, so I'm leaning against the table, I'm sort of watching it. So as this other, and I don't know the guy yet, we end up, he's one of my good friends now. Um, he's another shift administrator. So he walks in, this kid makes a beeline, sort of like running at him. And so my training is I'm 
sort of on his tail. Like, I don't know what's going on. I'm new here. I don't know either one of them, but I know that's not what goes on, you know? And so, and so he commented later, he, you know, he said, yo, I saw you on his tails. He said, you know, and I said, yeah. And he said, I like this. Okay. Boom. So he goes in the, get the shift started. Like I said, I'm still new. Um, and that's what the shift administrator is sort of the equivalent, I guess it would be of like a Lieutenant, like, yeah. like in the DOC. Okay. And so, um, so, so one of the guys that works for me, you know, I don't know him yet either, you know, and to become another good friend, he goes, Hey, that guy's not supposed to have the remote control. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know me. So I walk up and I go, you know, like, get that, you know, here you're not supposed to have it, but if you want, I'll put it on whatever you want. But I, he's like, get the F out of here. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, listen, I said, you don't know me. I don't know you. I'll never disrespect you, but I'm not going to let you disrespect me either. So, you know, I'm going to ask you again and I'll put it on whatever you want. You know, just let me know. He like cursed at me again. And so I stand in front of the TV, cut the TV off, click. You know, he clicks it back on. I turn it back off, click. And so this is the standoff. He's like, who is this guy? Now, unbeknownst to me, this is the terror in Massachusetts. Like, the terror. Like, they don't know what to do with him. Administration don't know what to do with him. He gets shipped all over the place. And, you know, staff is scared of him. He's doing this to this person, breaking this arm, doing that. And so he stands up. And so the guy who I who had come in, the other shift administrator, I guess he looked out the window because I, I forgot. Let me back up. The guy, the staff who told me not supposed to have it was gone. When I, when I talking to him, I looked around, he's gone. So I'm in there by myself in the day room, right? Brando, you know, and so, so the other shift administrator comes out, he taps me on the shoulder, give me a remote control. See, you know, who is this guy and all this other stuff. And so that was my entrance into the world of, you know, DYS. And so like, I'm watching it go down and like, I sort of saw, um, like the unit was in turmoil. They had so many injuries and but like a lot of staff out and people tired and people scared. And so I assumed leadership, you know, um, I was like, I did it for my, I did it for them, but I also did it for me because they were causing me anxiety. Like literally I would pull up to work a half hour early so I could meditate. Like, and I'd have one like, like calming music because I'd go in and it would be chaos. Yep. And it would be threats and it would be this and it would be that. And so, like, I remember asking, like, the acting director at the time, um, because there was no assistant director, because everyone's getting hurt, people getting fired, whatever. And so I said, I take the shift change. And he was like, yeah, why? What are you going to say? I said, I got to talk to the staff, right? I said, because it became where if he's not threatening me, I'm going to ignore it. If he if he beats you up, then, you know, he beats you up. But at least but he didn't I'm beat good. me yeah. up. Yep. And I was like, listen, he just didn't beat you up yet. Like, like, we're not going to like, you know, I said, so that's not how we're going to operate. We can't operate out of fear and they don't run it. We do. And so I said, since he is the troublemaker per se, I said, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to isolate him. And whenever he turns up, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to respond accordingly, yeah. you know, but we're not going to be in the guy. I said, and I'll go first, you know, as part of being a leader, like I, I'm actually injured now because I was, I would make sure to put myself in these tough situations because I didn't want anyone to get hurt. I also didn't want a leader because I could have led from the bubble and sort of called orders from the bubble. Yep. Talk, but who respects that guy? Right? The ivory tower, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so who respects that guy? And so um stayed in the day room, you know, the whole shift. I was one of the only shift one of the only shift administrators who stayed with the line staff the entire shift, you know, who took turns doing things. And so um, you know, and so we took him, 
boom. And that was my first injury. That was a few years ago. Um, <laughs> and it was, and so we went with him. And so true, true to form. I mean, he tested it like he was supposed to. Yeah. And we dealt accordingly. But what came from that though, what came from that was that as a unit, my shift became, we got a message from Boston. Like they were like, yo, what are you guys doing down there? Like they were like, that's like, wow. You know, because we we started, I had them moving as a unit. I said, this is, I said, I got your back, you got mine. Like, when leave together, we walked in together. Like, this is, so I know you're not talking to me, but you're not going to threaten him either. Everything stopped, you know, and so it became this sort of, you know, and so we had a couple guys removed there from a riot, and, um, like, I started doing, like, temperature checks, which would be when we would pop their doors for them to come out for the day. Um, I'd be sitting in a circle, and they hated it at first. Yeah. And, you know, and oh, it's in a circle. And, you know, and listen, you can go back in if you want, but everyone has to come and you have to come. And so, you know, how do you feel? How was your day? One, yeah. to, one to 10, what are you? I'm a 10, you know, 10. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm a one. Why? I don't want to tell you. Okay, but at least now I know to keep my eye on you. I know to check in with you again later, you know. And so that kind of stuff was happening. So you got these guys who would say, yo, you know, they say, open my effing locker or they say, open my effing door two and one of our meetings saying that's not how you talk that's not how men talk to each other yeah. right and so it doesn't mean you're soft but so i had these guys saying can you please open my door is it okay if we do this and we went from uh from a place that had continuous restraints and assaults to like none for a yeah. while like like none um i was eventually hired for the assistant director position on the day before Massachusetts closed down the unit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I was the AD for- The great you know, timing. You no know, forward day. You know, I was the AD for day. You know, I didn't get a chance to officially sit in the office or anything, but I was hired, you know? <laughs> so you bring up you bring up two great points out of the gate there. Number one, not afraid to get your hands dirty, right? It's, it's very easy when you get a position to really take the step back and- kind of let somebody below you be the one that's out there in the trenches and yeah. you did the opposite of that um and then the second thing is you know the circle and 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 the circle is a big deal i you know work with a lot of youth service bureaus and that's when you, you how you start meetings how you end meetings yes. and you're right most of the time with youth and young adult it's the dreaded circle yeah <laughs> and they're like ah you but know. it gets to it gets to the the idea of 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 building relationships and how critical that is in leadership. Talk, right. Joe. Talk a little bit about whether it's working with youths, young adults, or you know coworkers. In your experience, building relationships is important in leadership because I mean, it's important because communication is key to any working relationship. A lot of people will say, you know, as far as like romantic relationships. No, communication is key in all relationships. And so, and you need to build their, uh, at least a working, because there were some people that I didn't get along with. I know a ton of people who hated my, like I had my men, like it was almost like, you know, like I like to look at like almost like war. Like, like I had my men who would die for me, ride or die. And I had some other guys who, whether it was because we turned around and like this was a shift that sort of was a little different yeah. or some guys who just didn't like it because I mean, like I said, love with limits. I'm going to give love with limits um, to, to whoever, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, some people didn't, but I always, we have to have, excuse me, at the very least a working relationship, you know? And so it was the same with the youth. So I don't know 
if it was different for me either, but I know there were some kids, there were kids who loved me, loved me, like sought me out. We talked about their parents. We talked about home. We talked about their girl problems, you know, big brother slash father type, you know, situation. And some who hated me, but it was just like, you know, like I learned at Milpon, I had, you know, we had this kid who, you know, came in, father was a racist, you know, he was a racist, you know, told, he told Therry, he didn't really want me working with his son. I had to work with his son, you know, yeah. and when he left, the father said, you know, he's all right. You know, he's not like the other ones. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't change his mind in general. <laughs> no, not that much. Yeah. <laughs> but I changed his mind about me. You know, he said, he said yep. he's okay. And so that was one thing that we learned and maybe I learned there was, you know what, like, it's like, this is business and it's not personal. And so even when they make it personal, it wasn't personal. I learned how to sort of separate. And so I, I had, I'm going to talk to you, whether you like me or not, you know, there's something we need to get done, whether you like it or not, you know, and sort of that's how we're just going to move. And it's not, not personal. I'm not going to turn the screws because I can, you know, because I don't like that either, you know? And so like one of the questions that I've had in some of my interviews for leadership roles are sort of like what makes a leader. And it's surprising how most people really don't know what makes a leader. Like, you know, a leader is willing to follow. A leader is willing to learn. A leader doesn't do it because he can. A lead, you know what I mean? Like, there's yep. so much. Like, there's a saying that says, you know, a few sayings. You know, one as heavy as head that wears the crown. Yep. And so if anyone actually knew what it meant to be an actual leader, like, there's a lot. It's, it's like, it's not much glory. You know, like, like it, you know, it flows downhill. You know what yep. I'm saying? Sort of. And um, if you're, and if you're doing it well. If you're doing, if you're it, doing well. it well, if yeah. you're doing it well. Yeah. And then the other saying is there's an old Islamic saying that says, you know, anyone who wants to be the king should, you know, the fact that you want it, you know, I've got a question why you, why you want to be in charge. Like, why do you know what this comes with? You know, yeah. there's a lot of, a lot of crap that comes with it. You know? No, great. Uh, great answers there. Um, we've, we've touched on the Mill Pond School a couple times already, which I knew would be a, a big part of this. And personally for me, I, you know, I went from uh, Belmont, Massachusetts, affluent community for a year and then um, didn't know this at the time, but uh, a, a mutual friend, uh, Mr. Nieves, had to leave the position and I was brought in to to be a temporary fill. And I ended up being there for a little bit longer than that after he came back and everything. But I look back on the days at the mill pond from the, the young adults that we had there who had some tough upbringing, um, you know, different situations. Uh, I, some of the most fun times of my life were the after school pickup time when there was a group yeah. of us that would be able to stay outside and, and rib each other after a tough day, we'd get after each other a little bit. Um, but one of the moments that sticks out to me most, and I remember it vividly, was and it might have been in the in the spring of of my first year there. And there was two group homes that lived on campus: the guys and the girls' home. And unbeknownst to everybody on staff, the girls had planned like a, a breakout, and, <laughs> and and so we're out for our normal dismissal routine, and it was just make calling the buses, getting the kids on the buses, making sure. That, and this day, you know, we're out there and suddenly the, the, the 12 girls that were part of the program were like jumping on the van, the staff vans, trying to run away. And, and I, I vividly remember you had a, 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 one of the young students in, in a, a formal restraint because she was, you know, posing a threat. 
and you were kind of facing one way and there was another girl that lined she lined your head up like she was trying to do a kickoff in football and i i caught it and started running towards you and we we scattered and en- ended up getting the situation under control but that to me was an example of i remember ed therian and yes. again a guy that he dressed nicer than all of us he had the yes. tie on every day <laughs> he was out there getting his hands dirty and um what was great about that it opened my eyes as a as a young you know educator at the time was like his level of calm during what what, what could have been an absolute shit show it didn't turn yeah. into one it could have yes. been yes talk a little bit about some of the things you learned you know during your time at the mill pond just about leadership and and how you know talk about some of those experiences that you carry with you to this day because i know there's a lot for me joe yeah but well that's 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 funny you brought that up because i remember it like it was yesterday <laughs> um <laughs> um what i learned and sort of and i don't know if it's if it's from earlier life you know like i've been diagnosed PTSD, right? So I don't know if it's there. Um, of course, part of it is underneath T and, you know, and underneath, which is at the area, underneath Fred Adams. Yep. Because because yep. I was there before, like all of those other guys, Johnny and these guys. And so, like, I started from the ground up with them and I sort of watched how they maneuvered, right? And so, like I said, T, and like you said, Ed Darian, one of the greatest human beings, you know, one of the greatest yep. leaders, humble doesn't take he doesn't know how much he taught me you know but what i learned was and sort of i guess it's part of my makeup is i to panic during chaos never doesn't make it better you yeah. know and and so like i've always had the ability maybe due to my ptsd like i always had the ability to sort of hyper focus like when things are going on i sort of pinpoint and like things move slow for me even though it's moving fast as hell for everyone else you know fights whatever it was everything would slow down boom and i'd be able to like to maneuver and get out of the way, you know, whatever the case may be. And so that was one of the things that has always been sort of withstood out. And like all of my jobs was, I don't panic. And so it's like, you know, we, we've had riot-esque, or I don't call them riot, but, you know, group disturbances, yeah. you know, um, you know, in, in the lock facility or, or damn near close to it. Right. Um, I'll give you an example. So they had, um, you know, they were, there was there was some sanction bought down that they I didn't think it was quite fair, you know, but once again, I'm going to do my job. I didn't think it was fair for them because it wasn't their fault that they were getting over if the staff were doing their job. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so to me, it's like directed toward the staff. But this is the easier conversation. Of course. And I noticed yeah. a lot of leaders rather go to the easier of the two. And to me, I don't respect that, you know, because it's not fair. Like I'm all about justice. Like that's another sort of thing I hold beer like justice and like like just that sense of fairness and so it came in you know ad came in and said yeah you know we're gonna cut the phone times back and so on and so forth the kids immediately because what happens there is like you're on the phone and it's not a phone that's controlled and i gave the solution and they you know people think small as well but i'll get to that later and so i said (laughs) I said, in the dangerous situation, there's a lot of fights, a lot of staff were assaulted during phone times. I said, we can control the phone. Why don't you control it? We, we, we can make the phone call. You can tell the bubble up at the top of the building. This is a five-minute phone call. Cut it off in five minutes. Yep. As opposed to, it's five minutes, 501, the kids are like, not getting off the phone. I'm talking to my mom. You better not touch the phone. So now you're like, this phone time is over. Don't touch the phone. You touch the phone, we punch you. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. like this to me didn't make any sense. But anyway, um, so immediately the kids were like, anybody touches the phone, I'm gonna wait. I dare you. I dare you. Like like immediately around the circle, I dare you. Like big, we have big kids there, tough kids there. Kids, these kids, you know, they they're the kids committing crimes, real crimes. Like I yeah. said, some of the most dangerous kids in Massachusetts. I dare you to touch the phone. Some kids are saying, like I said, some like, yeah, I'm gonna punch everybody but Joe. Like one of my one of the kids who I had a close relationship said, he said, I'll punch everybody, including Joe. Touch the phone, right? And so now we've got this going on. Of course, of course, administration scurries out, you know. So we're in there. And so now they're sort of walking around like wolves, like it's sort of like they're amping each other up. And it's me, myself. Um, so it's myself, uh, the other shift administrator who I told you about who came and got the remote control, and uh, and this young guy who worked for us. So it's just three of us, it's a bunch of them, and they're walking around. I'm leaning against the wall, I'm sort of watching them, and they like taking their shirts off. Let's get started now. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, let's start now. I said, because I'd much rather get it out of the way now before we get there, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And so, but so when I said it, I think that jolted them a little bit because then they're looking because now we're like, yeah, let's get started, right? And so now we're sort of walking around, like, and so I think that sort of gave me the gave me the minute that I needed. And then that minute. I started had a conversation with them and I said, listen, I said, you know, I told them about how you get what you want, you know, and that, and that even though threats may have worked, like that's not going to get you what you want in this situation. Like it's not going to get you more phone time. Like you may get out some frustration, some hostility, but it's not going to get you what you want and how you, you know, how you reach your desired goal. And then, so they sat there and I said, and so once, once I got them calmed down, I went to the administration office and I just stood there and they were like, what, Joe? And I said, I don't think it's fair. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and so then I, I told them, I said, I don't think it's fair. I said, this is, this is a staffing issue. They're going to get away with what you allow them to. So how do you punish them for being them as opposed to punishing? And so maybe staff were scared, you know, maybe, you know, who knows? You know, who knows why you're allowing something you shouldn't, but you shouldn't penalize them. Yeah. And so we talked and they listened. And so they were like, uh. so I said, I'm going to prepare them so you guys can come and talk to them because we figured out a better solution than just chopping the time in half. You know, you can earn a certain amount of time and blah, blah, blah. And so, so I said, I'm going to, they said, no, why don't you tell them? I said, no. I said, it's got to come from you guys. You tell them, right? You guys took it. You tell them. I said, I'll. so I went out there before they spoke. I had them come in. They're all, of course, they're all scared, you know, yeah. and so they're in there. And I, so I stand in front of the guys and I go, you know, and so I give them the speech again. I said, it wasn't the threats about punching people. So I've been punched. I had people try to stab me. I had people try to hit me with baseball bats. I, like, like all that stuff. Like, it's not the threat. I said, I went and spoke for you because I felt you. I said, and you guys were able to. And so we did the whole talk, let the administration talk. And that, that ended what could have been very, um, dangerous and violent situation, you know. Um, and so that, so I've always learned that panicking doesn't it doesn't change it. Um, you have to remain calm in the chaos. And so even when you look at um like tactical shooting and things of that nature, and they say, you know, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. And, and so that's sort of that's sort of even how I learn it's sort of like okay, boom, while you're doing this and, and i and i watch people in certain situations because we would get colds and so cold is you know some part of the facility there's something violent going on 
you know, and so it's all available staff. And we lock everyone in their rooms and leave maybe one person to watch people with two people locked up and everyone takes off through the facility. So you're running full speed. Like you get there and I've seen people sort of you're like looking around. It's like, yeah. yo, like you sort of walk in, you pinpoint, boom, that's danger. That's danger. That's danger. And you start sending people here, there, you know, watch them, you know. And, you know, it's just something that I don't know how I do it or why I do it. But I know I did learn a lot of it at the children's study home from Ethereum because we would be in those things all the time. We, I was going to say, we we had similar situations in a different environment. And, and yeah. again, yeah. The, the, it you know, a lot of times, you know, we had young, young adults coming in who were like born addicted to, you know, substance abuse addictions, yep. not because of a yes. choice they made. Yes. You know, or, or abused physically, sexually, uh, yes. not because of a decision they made. So, you know, I think you uh, touched on it earlier. It's not personal, but like, if you take a second to figure out where this kid came from, yep. you'll realize, all right, the issue's not with me. Absolutely. It's <laughs> the not issues with, with the situation and something from their past that is, is causing them some negative, uh, you know, responses to the situation we're in right now. Absolutely, Dan. Absolutely. And and that's it was that was one of the harder things to get people to sort of realize is like, listen, even when it's personal, it's not personal. I've been spit on, I've been called all kinds of names. Like, and the next day, guess what? I'm gonna come in and high five you. Yeah. You know, like like when I act like it didn't happen. And so some like I said, like I had people who love me, people who hated me. You know, there was, you know, like I said, that one kid who was supposed to be whatever, like he he hated me. Like we'd have conversations and we we play cards and stuff together. He hated me. He said, Joe, Joe, you think you're tough. And I said, I don't think I'm tough, bro. I said, I just, we can't, like, this isn't how, like in this interaction, like I'm going to say, you're not going to do that. You're not going to do like, we don't have to have this type of relationship. You know what I mean? Like I'm just responding to it. <laughs> um, you're a big, you're a big chess guy. Yeah. And I, 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 uh, I was indoctrinated into that group and got my, my ass kicked a bunch of times and ended up you know, being a spectator more than a player in those games. <laughs> what, what um, you know, you mentioned a minute ago, you know what you want to get and this outbreak is not going to get you there, but there is a way to get there and you can get what you want from a situation based on how you handle yourselves is that, is that something you pulled from chess? Cause that's so much about, I want to be there and I have to do this move and expect this move in return. Like, does that play, like, does that play out in your, in your life? Like the chess yes. board almost? Yes. And, 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 and once again, like I said, like, it, and we'll get to when we, you know, I know we might delve into sort of my, you know, earlier life or former life, past life. Some of it is like, it's, it's just, it was, it's survival because I picked up chess in a way that it like it wasn't like I have friends who were formally taught. Like I have a friend who's always like, ah, oh, you mean, and I'm like, bro, I don't know any of that stuff that you're talking <laughs> about. I just know how to play, you know? And so because like it's strategic. And so like I love strategy. Like if if I hadn't probably been the person I was, I should have went in the military. You know, like like I like I should have followed that course. I should have probably been the, you know, law enforcement. Like that's just, you know, of the things I like to do and the way I maneuver through situations. But I did it. And so I was, you know, I was on the other side, you know, and so you know, I was, you know, tactical, strategic, you know, um, you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, and so, so I look at life always. So like I've read the art of war a million times. Like I read books on strategy. Like I like I sort of just study the book of the five rings and, you know, these different sort of treatises on 
on war and strategy and how people think and you know and and that's how life was and I was just sort of I don't know like I always had a survival survival instinct like when I finally went to therapy like they were trying to get me to go to therapy since I was in third grade third grade yeah you know I remember my third grade teacher you know because um, I used to have like a like, like a real pronounced stutter right you know you know another you know, another remnant of trauma yeah you know and so they were like yeah you know Joe we have someone you know who's gonna come like a speech pathologist I'm like okay so we get so we get to the office the lady comes and gets me we get to the office she has this folder of like all my drawings and she's like what are you thinking about when you drew this picture of this monster ripping this guy's head off <laughs> this isn't about my speech what the hell <laughs> so at eight years old i already knew you know i said what's that have to do with me stuttering and i said take me back to class right yeah. eight years old third grade and so um but part of sort of you know, what I learned when I finally went of my own volition as a grown man, right? As a grown man, you know, I, actually, I, like I was already a therapist at this time that I went to therapy. Yeah. Um, and so and so what he um, told me was about my PTSD and sort of how my PTSD is like a little different than most. It's like the way that my brain is wired, sort of like I said, things slow down and, you know, like I'm always thinking survival. So I'm always saying if this happens and this will happen, if that happens and what happens. And so my brain is always moving in steps, you know, and it's always and that's just sort of how I think and view things, you know. That's why you smoked every, you know, most uh, the chess battles were epic and we'll get into that later on in the episode, but that's why, you know, I handled, handled me freaking without (laughs) without call, without breaking a bead of sweat. So (laughs) we, we touched on, you know, your, your, your youth and your, your, you know, your younger years, young adult years have come up. Talk a little bit about, you know, your journey as a, as a young child, young adult and touch on maybe a couple experiences and people who, you know, maybe in the moment you didn't, you had no idea, like, this is going to shape who I am down the road. But now looking back as an adult, you know, a couple experiences, a couple people that had an impact on who you are today, Joe. Okay. So growing up, um, you know, I was the last of six kids. Uh, my mother was, had been done for a few years and my father wanted to hold on to the marriage. And so he's got, you know, plant one more. (laughs) <laughs> and she was like, you know, hoping that it would help him stay. And so she was like, no, he still got to go, you know, so they got divorced. And so I sort of grew up like, like, like the younger of us, like my older siblings, like my father's in the military. So they lived in all over the place, Italy and Taiwan and, you know, and sort of they had like that, you know, boy scout, girl scout thing. I didn't have that. Like I grew up in projects. I grew up in tenement buildings. I grew up. You know, we were like some of the first latchkey kids. So like, yep. you know, you know, early 80s, like 1980, we're coming home to these environments by ourselves because my mother was trying to work. You know, she was trying to go to school, go back to school. And so, you know, my sister, who was tasked with sort of watching my badass, was only six years older than me. And so <laughs> she's 12, I'm six, you know. And so at six, like I I was disciplining her. She, she wasn't disciplining me, you know, she's <laughs> <laughs> you know, mom said I can hit you. Yeah, you can hit me if you want. And we going around. Um, and so that's sort of the environment I grew up in. And so we were involved in like life was life was different. Like, you know, like like you know, my little brother and I would say we could write a book, you know. So like I we were some of the first 
like 17, like I had friends 17 years old get life without parole, like 25, like they were, we were little kids. Like, you know, like when I look back, some of the things we did and how young we were, I was like, wow, like we did, we did movie stuff, you know, um, at like a, at like a young age. And so when I look back, like most, like I had some teachers who sort of was, I was always smart, you know, like my grades later on didn't reflect, like early on, like my grades reflected. You know, um, but later on, like I'm, I was, I, I didn't do homework. I didn't bring, I was a kid who would come to class with just a, you know, I didn't have a pencil. I didn't have a notebook. I, I come to class and I borrow one of the girls. They'd be like, oh, you can go, Joe. You know, um, random locker searches, you know, when something went wrong in school, that called me over the intercom, calm down. We can call the cops and, you know, trying to get people to press charges on me, all kind of crazy stuff. But there were a few teachers who recognized you know, like, like my, like my SAT score was crazy. Like, you know, I was off my SAT score, like who's who in American school, you know, of American, like who's who, whatever it's called, who's who yeah. American high schoolers. Um, I got into, you know, like the guidance counselor didn't think college was for me. Like I got, I got college letters based upon my SAT, but my grades were C's, you know, D's, you know, maybe the occasional B, maybe. But like I said, I didn't do homework or if I did homework, I didn't. I did it in homeroom, you know, like I rushed through it or whatever. And so um, I had some teachers who sort of saw some potential. Um, you know, I didn't much really pay into it. But once again, you hear a name that we've said several times. Um, Ed Therian was like my first, like first, first, first. Um, like he's like a brother to me, you know. And like he, you know, like he always tells me what I gave him. I go, you don't have a clue. So <laughs> my first, so my interview, right? So my uncle worked there. You remember, uh, you remember Hashem, Mr. Hashem yep. was yep. there. So, you know, Sufa, I've been there for years. And so he said, you know, it's a job opening. So now, mind you, I'm fresh off the streets. Like I'm, I'm truly in gangster mode. Like I was a gangster. Like that's who I was, you know, literally. So I come to the interview and I'm, and like, I laugh when I think about what I wore. Right. So at this time, you know, like this, like we wore all fatigues. Like I wore fatigues every day, like fatigue pants, like like BDU sort of shirts or hoodies. And I had, I had a mouthful of gold teeth. I had long braids and I had my hat on the entire interview. I had an army hat on, army clothes, a hoodie. I had my Jang and on the hoodie. I had Tim's on. And like, so, so T, T told me, Mr. Darian told me years later, so it's Mr. Zippin, you know, who since passed, God yep. bless him. You know, Ed Derry and Fred Adams. He said, Fred didn't want to hire me. So he said, Fred's like, mm. And so he said, Zippin said, T, it's up to you. And T said something about him. T said something about him. And so Milk Pond was the beginning of my rehabilitation. Like, it was a symbiotic relationship. And I grew, for the 12 years I was there, I grew each, I grew each time. Like, I had been... Like I was getting arrested while I was there. Like, like I was getting in trouble while I was there. But being that I'm not a hypocrite, I couldn't tell these kids not to do things I would go home and do. And so what I saw and looking at them was I saw little me, I saw little mine, I saw my little brothers, I saw like cousins and friends. And I was like, I've got to save them. They don't know the life. Like I, like I said, like everybody was like, I saw the judges that can care people were 17 years old, gave you life without parole. Yep. You know, at 17, like you, you made you made a decision at 17 that will cost you the rest of your life in prison. When you and don't so know I your thought, your ass from your elbow at 17, that's years a old. fact. Yeah, that's a yep. fact. And, and so I so I saw that that it was time to 
you know, like they helped me mature out of sort of not wanting another generation to sort of, you know, because I was painful. Like it's painful to sort of see, you know, things that were happening so much. Like we were so much so like being there, like my first week there, like I had like detectives came up to Mill Pond, like to serve me, like, like it was crazy. Like it was crazy, 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 you know? And so I grew out of that. It's just sort of, and I still see some of those guys, you know, who say, you don't know what you did. And I go, I, I don't, you know, I was just trying to sort of give you something I wish I, I sort of wish it would have been somebody who said, you know, and my mom, you know, it wasn't that she didn't, she was working and then going to university without walls. So she come home at like nine o'clock at night, you know, yeah. and we're here we are, you know, doing whatever the hell we wanted to do, you know. And so, you know, we're seeking and looking for stuff and, you know, sort of life happened how it happened. And so that's sort of like, like, I guess, answered both questions. So that's sort of where I came from. And we were involved in, you name it. Like yeah. I said, like it was, it was, it was like we were 17, 18 16 15 like doing stuff that grown men probably wouldn't or couldn't do you know um and it led to children's study home which sort of began my rehabilitation and led to ed therian who gave me a shot who if he didn't give me that shot imagine like who knows where it could have gone from there you know how, how old were you joe when you started at mill pond i was maybe 21 maybe maybe 21 yeah so yeah i mean young still maybe figuring stuff out yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe 20 and, and and that helped me with some of the kids because um i one of the guys comes to my men's group and like he was like yo he said you were the coolest guy and stuff that you wore i was like yeah, i wasn't that much older than you guys <laughs> three years some apart of like, yeah some of you guys are like 38 years old I'm like 30, 38 like i'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, you got a grandkid. Like, <laughs> you know, so, 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 I, so I really wasn't that. So I listened to the same music. I talked. And that actually helped me develop because I'm still working on um, with a few guys, like a program, you know, to help, um, you know, got to get it off the floor, but to help kids in these areas and also improve community policing. Because I want to bring in, like we spoke, almost like a PAL league but to get you know some law enforcement to come and help coach and sort of introduce the community to the police officers and vice versa and sort of fix that rift but one of the things that i have is i learned from me and some people will debate it and i go like i'm saying it because i was that kid you know what i mean so it's called like it's this type of mentor is the only type that can reach certain kids because you look like them but you're saying something different yeah. you know and so you may still have a little hard some hard edges you may need some polish yourself but i know that that in that relationship they help each other yeah and but you know so like a judge mathis or like even to me you know because some of the kids you know if they look at me this old man and they're like yeah right and i'm like yo like you you couldn't have hung with me when you were my age you know what I'm saying? like <laughs> like if i was you know but they don't see that right they see this older guy you come into work like a judge mathis you're a judge who cares that you went to prison for eight years or whatever the case may be they can't they can't sort of connect the dots what they yeah, connect yeah. the dots with is this guy looking just like me he talks just like me and now he's saying why are you doing that you know and so now you're actually able to get through like the thick skull to sort of say you know i don't know why i'm doing it and so you know and then that person can say well you know i did it too and this is what happens and you know and and, and which is which is huge and and 
in that because again i think i'll go to mill pond because that was my you know for me i've never worked with dys outside of like scattered right you know never never for a prolonged period of time but at mill pond was prolonged like you know those kids coming in did have a very thick shell and they were very cautious about who they would let in and who they kept out again for a ton of reasons that were before we were with them um and to be able to have somebody that has that connection of hey this guy you know essentially lived the same playbook when he was my age and he's doing something productive now probably should open an ear (laughs) absolutely absolutely because they don't this is what they don't recognize or don't you know first of all like it's a combination of not truly you know when you're when you're adolescent in general from no matter where you're from you sort of feel like death is far away right you know which is why kids teenagers die all the time you know doing dumb shit you know but you know you also have this thing of combine that with not really wanting to go any further right i remember talking to and she was actually like i was actually cool with her you know with her father but so since at another school that i was the lead interventionist i sort of run like the i ran the day-to-day operations and so like i'm talking to her and she's tough she was tough the boys followed her she was tough you know those dys girls are usually a little meaner you know um and so edge to them (laughs) yeah so i asked her um, I said, well, what do you want to be if you grow up? She said, she's, I'm not going to be alive. You know, she was like, she's, I don't think about after I'm 21. And I was like, like, it floored me, but I knew it to be real. Like, that's a real sentiment. And so when you, when you couple those together, and then on top of that, like you said, the mistrust or distrust, um, there's not a lot to reach them. And so some of them, as I know, I wasn't listening to a bunch, especially if I didn't believe you, especially if I didn't feel like I, you know. I'm going to listen to you. So, you know, you need that mentor, you know, at least to get you in the door. Then he's going to walk them across the bridge to now here's this guy, you know, and this guy went to prison too. Or this guy was this and they're like, him? Like, yeah, listen to him. And so that's sort of, so that's part of like my model, you know, uh, you know, that I, that I believe it's going to work. And, and I've seen it work around the country in certain places. Only certain places will allow it to happen. Or certain states, they don't, it's almost like they don't recognize that like, this is who you need to get to him. Yeah. Like this, like they may have whatever the issue was, because there were, like I said, I had, you know, they fought for me to stay at Mill Pond, you know, like they fought for me to stay at Mill Pond. Like there were times where, you know, like I said, I got in trouble sometimes. And, and they went <laughs> through the bylaws and sort of, well, you know, for this, it's got to be this. And I had a great lawyer. Like, I got a great, great lawyer, you know. Um, you know, but there were times where they went and they was like, nope, you know, the bylaws say this and say this and no, he can stay. But, you know, um, you know, and so sometimes you need a certain person to reach certain people. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and, I, and again, I think it highlights, you know, a lot of times all people need is a chance and someone that'll go to bat for them. Yes. You know, and, and, you know, Ed Therian was obviously, you know, I, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's, he was that guy. In, in he was pivotal, that guy. Pivotal point in your life. Guy. Yeah. Well, um, plus, I never lied to him either because I come in, I go, hey, T, this weekend. Hey, you know, <laughs> he'd be like, ah. He'd be like, ah. You know, but I never lied. You know what I'm yep. saying? Because I, I felt I owed him that and, and that and that if you should hear from me, 
And if you got to let me go, I get it, you know? Um, and it was a mutual respect. And like I said, if, if they, like the last time it really was that point, cause he said, D they got to find you innocent. He said, they don't find you innocent. Like, um, you know, you're gone, but it wouldn't matter. If they didn't find me innocent, I was going to prison, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, and that was another turning point um, in my life um, that actually kicked me the like the final way over. Cause like yeah. I said, like it's almost like, and, and I tell guys that I work with now, like we were that longer than we were this, you know? And so you're going to have like the, you know, the stumbles and all that, you know, shit. But anyway, long story short, got involved in something that had nothing totally to do with me. I was saving people um, and got caught up in some stuff. And so now I'm looking at like, like a ton of time, man. Like I'm looking at time, like it's crazy. And so I had, um, I had at the time I had my son's mother have him stay out of school. And it was, he was like, he was in third grade, you know, it was that third grade again. I said, cause I want to hug him here. I said, I don't know if I want you to bring him to see, to see me in prison. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if that's what I want, you know? And so I remember, so we're sitting there, the, the, the trial's not going well. It's not going well at all. You know, so much so that when, that when the jury came back, I didn't even stand up. I was like, I'm not going to stand up for you guys and give me time. Just give it to me. Right. But they came out not guilty. So anyway, long story short, I turned so so in the midst of the trial, right? I turned around, like you know, like you know, the creator told me, you know, turn around, I turn around, and, and who's looking through the window because he can't come in? It's my son, and I like all I see is this. Oh god! And like and so I said, like it was like boom, like my heart dropped. I started praying, and I said, you know, I said, if you get me out of this, I'm done. And so by done, like I said, I was caught up in something. I was like. Like my friends no longer be, were my friends. Like I was like, they're like, yo, and I was like, mm, you know, like I got something else. Like I went to school, you know, so now I went back to school, right? And then this is happening, sort of like I had, like it was a lonely period, but I always tell people elevation is lonely yep. sometimes. Like when you're making that trek, some people came back around, people who I thought weren't going to be dangerous to me or around me, you know, because I have friends who say, why you talk to him and not me? Yeah, you know, like you, don't want to you're still doing the same thing you were doing 20 years ago like i don't like there's no you know we don't speak the same language anymore yep. you know yep. so these guys we play chess we talk and we're talking about other stuff and so it sort of changed like that was the other sort of change like boom you know and that was major because i said when i come home he'll be a grown man and what will i tell him you know like what could i say sorry there was no yeah. sorry like sorry there's no sorry so you know so credit came through jury came back not guilty you know, and I was able to keep my job at Millbone, like I said. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and T's uh, deep gasp and, and head shake. It was, it, yeah. you know, I don't know if it ended completely there, but it quieted <laughs> down at least. <laughs> <laughs> it did. It did. It did. It quieted um, down a lot. You know, one of the reasons why I wanted to, you know, reconnect with you, because I, I, one, I, I knew you had uh, an upbringing that was that some people couldn't overcome. Right. Yeah. And some and people haven't overcome and you have um, you continue to to educate yourself. You have, you know, a, a various degrees. You're, but one of the things that stuck out to me was, you know, you're a Springfield guy. And I saw on social media some of the initiatives that you were either part of or trying to start and organize that were it, from the outsider's perspective just all I saw was a guy that was trying to do right for the, the kids in the, in, in, in an area of a community. And 
there was the the walking school bus initiative there's um you know some of the work you're doing with training um women in 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 boxing and fitness and and you're you're running a men's group right now and, and that to me is you know it has nothing to do with your job <laughs> per se like specifically it's some, but it's something that you you feel is important and you value because it's going to have some sort of lasting impact on somebody else. And, you know, really at the end of the day, leadership is that, right. Yeah. You know, what, what are you doing now? That's going to help people that, you know, down the road, Absolutely. Joe, talk a little bit about, you know, those three initiatives. So we have the walk-in school bus, the fitness training, boxing training, and the men's group, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, what, the, the people who are participating in those things were able to, in your eyes, able to take from that, but really for you too, right. Yes. You know, uh, you know, what were you able to take from, or are, what are you able to take from those experiences? Yeah, a lot. Um, there's a, like they always, like I always tell people, you're giving me more than I'm giving you. Like, you don't even know. Right. Okay. And so the walk of school bus, I was a part of, um, I was working out the, I was working out the housing authority. And so like, it was a community, it was sort of, uh, um, like a community policing, it's called C3. And so we were there because we're the housing authority. There were different community sort of leaders there. There were the police officers there, the state police, local police. And so they're talking about, so this lady stands up, right? And so like, she's an older lady and she's like, yeah, you know, we got these kids. And so I'm listening to the story. And so, you know, like I know we've, we've driven through different, different locales, right? Yeah. Um, where it gets a little nicer, you know, the bus stops at every driveway, you know, bang, 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 you know, but in the heart of the city, um, you got five-year-olds being required to walk a mile and a half to school, you know, through some of the most dangerous terrain. Right. Yeah. And so when I heard that, like it hit my heart. So like, I always move on my heart. Right. Cause I'm always like, to me, kids don't ask to be here, you know? And so sort of like, and I know that, you know, like it was, kind of tough growing up, you know, there were some things I wanted, wish I had, I didn't, you know, so I survived. But as you said, I'm, a lot of people don't. Yeah. And so the odds are, you know, out of you 10, that nine are not going to make it. So why would I say, so what? I did it. Like, so I was never one of those guys. So I want to try to increase the odds for, so maybe we can get five out of the 10, six yeah. out of the 10, you know? And so I volunteered. And so I'm, so no one's out there. So it's, you know, it's myself, um, it's this police sergeant, um, you know, um, great, great guy, you know, and so, and so we're out there. And so we're walking the kids. And so, but there's so many kids from so many different directions. Now we got to split up. So, so I got my bus, he's got his bus, you know, the lady had her bus, you know, and so, and it's crazy because they're looking for people. And so, so I kept, you know, you know sending the clarion call. And um, the only people who I got to come out were all people who couldn't do it. So everyone I got to come out couldn't pass the Corey. Everybody. I had about 10 guys who were out there walking. So here it is. We're the bad guys. I got these yeah. bad guys out walking kids to school, you know. And so you know, we're going through, like I said, like there were incidents where, you know, I remember walking past these guys. So there were always these guys out there. They'd be drinking and smoking weed. And so I was like, you know, I get the kids in line. And we sort of, you know, maneuver through. And um, walking back, like the guys, you know, one of the guys, like, hey, what are those kids special? I said, I said, all kids are special. I said, they're not like special ed. I said, but they're special because they're kids. He said, what are you doing? I said, I said, I'm making sure to get to school safe. And he looked at me. And so from that day forward, 
right? From that day forward, when they saw me come, they would hide their beers, like they would put the weed down and they'd be like, hey, and they would say hi, you know, and I'd salute them, you know, and then, you know, keep it moving, you know? And so like, it was, you know, it was like, I got a lot out of it. I actually stopped doing it because I didn't sort of, which is always like, which is why I think I need to run my own program. Like I always, which is what I'm you know, working on trying to do. Like I always run into, you know, a lot of times at the top, they don't really understand what it takes to make it actually work, you yeah. know? And so yeah. certain things are needed. And so, you know, at the top, they, you know, wanted to penalize kids. And to me, it's like, if, if, if safety is what we're like, safety is the agenda. How do you tell someone they can't be safe? Right. Like, like you're, you're in a position to consequence them in school, right? Yeah. Take their lunch, take their recess, take a break, write 50 times, whatever. But you don't tell this little girl that she can't be safe because she, told you shut up like and so that like i i sort of bumped heads with that like you know philosophically and so you know they weren't willing to change and so i said okay well i don't work here i don't even have a kid who goes here you know what i'm saying like okay so good luck you know and so like i remember the sergeant was like joe don't leave man you're gonna leave me by myself and i was like bro i can't like i'm not like i i can't walk these guys while she's walking across the street by herself yeah. And she's like, no, you guys still can't be on the bus. She takes off running. And I'm like, yo, it's cars. Like, you know what I'm saying? And so I had to make, you know, once again, like I do everything by principles, right? A lot of people don't understand how I, but principles are there's things I'll die for, there's things I'll live for, there's things that sort of like, and if it doesn't sit right here, I go, mm, I, like I can't be a part of it, you yeah. know? And yeah. so, and so that's, so I had to leave that. I tried to start. I tried to start last, maybe a year, maybe two years ago. There was a little girl who was abducted, you know, and so she, you know, she was held for for hours and people actually saw the car and, and you know, helped facilitate her release, you know, but who knows if this guy was taking her up to the woods, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He had it for hours, you know what I mean? And, and with my wife being, you know, um, being, you know, police officer, she sort of was more privy to certain things. So anyway, I'm trying to set up, so I'm telling people, I'm like, I'm like, listen, we don't need to go through anybody. We don't need any court. I said, no one has to walk them. I said, because we can forego Corey. I said, if we get a couple people who can grab some coffee and stand at a corner every three blocks, you know what I mean? Stand yeah. at a corner every three blocks. And that way we can walk and talk. Yo, got four coming, you know, yeah. and that way you can sort of have a safe pathway from wherever the bus stop started because the, you know, they started at certain places all the way to the school, you yeah. know? So everyone, like I said, I I, got, I always have a hard time getting people to stand with me. Most people want to stand behind me. Yeah, it's a good idea, but no one wants to come do it. <laughs> okay, so all right, you know, um, so that's 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 sort of what happened there um, with the the training. Um, with the training, we we started. It was it was I was you know doing martial arts at the time, and so the school was closing down, and so we had just had my daughter and so you know she wanted to lose a little bit of weight so we said we're gonna start working out so we offered if people wanted to join us and so people came and so we do we did first we did free you can come free then we did five bucks and so then we got like 30 people out there and we're doing hills and drills so hills and drills you come out there like i tell them um 
But like the major thing is right. So what we would do is like after we killed him, because she's she's a beast too. So after we, so after we would kill him, they'd be like laying in the grass, and I and I'd walk to the bottom of the hill, and and they look at me, and I and they'd look up from you know they sweat and covered in dirt, and I say I don't care how you get up there, meet me at the top of the hill, and I take off. <laughs> I say you looking, and so some people they started to run, some people would, but whoever. As long as you got, you could crawl, you could bear crawl up there. Yeah. We'd be at the top of the hill, like, you know, clapping. People didn't get there. And so they used to call it like my, you know, um, you know, you didn't give your, like, if I didn't do it, I did two things at the top of the hill. I would sort of give them like a, like a speech. They said, oh, you don't give your, whatever they would call them, sermons at the top of the hill. <laughs> and, and then we would roar. Right. And so yep. I go, I go, it's not a scream. I said, it's a roar and it comes from here. And we go one, two, three, <sighs> like, be like, you know, and like, you're like, it would echo through the park and people would, you know, look over and like, they loved it. And like it would rejuvenate them. And so it was, and I said, I would, I like, I'd always say, and you thought you couldn't do one more and you did, you know? Yep. And so boom. So like, that was the fitness thing. So we started there. And so we would end around September and they'd go, ah, oh, this is too early. Can we, you know, what are we going to do with you guys start back in April? Okay. We're going we, so we go to October to one year. We're out there with scarves and <laughs> snow like, on the ground. Oh, right. You know? And, and so, and so we turned our garage into, um, into like our first fitness studio. And so, but we're doing like three classes. So, you know, get out of work and run in the house, get dressed. The first cars are pulling up. The garage only fit like six people. So you still got 18 people. It's yep. six, big boom, you know. And so then we went from there to, you know, to, to, you know, current location, you know, in the mall, you know. So then we went to the mall and, uh, you know, and, and a lot of those girls from, and guys, and I hate to say it, but the guys, like, it's like the girls. And I tell the girls, like, you guys are stronger than the guys. I hate to say it. Oh, because, 100%. Because what happens, I said, when guys go to the gym, do one set, text, you know, you go get some water, you, you look at the girls as you go past, you come back, do another set, you know, you look in the mirror, you know, you text somebody else, you know, you're playing the game. I said, this is 35 to 40 minutes of bang, 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 bang. And we're doing hit workout. Yep. So it's bang, bang, bang. And so I said, you know, so guys come and they go you know they come to some of the spin classes you know they come to some of the you know if we can put something together that they that sort of slow down for them you know but they've been with us some of them have been with us for the entire eight years yep. you know oh, so that's that's that with the fitness as far as the men's group you know my saw like it you know i i saw a problem and i saw a solution because like you said my brain the chest thing like the way my brain works is sort of like i I don't want to spend a lot of time on the problem. Like I'd rather look at the solution. Like I'm a, I'm a firm believer in, you know, don't cry with spilt milk. And I even yep. added my own, I like added my own ending to it. You know, you know, even if it's the last little bit of milk, drink water, like clean it up and drink water. Like for me to sort of look at something that happened and keep talking about it doesn't make sense. Like it's sort of illogical. So I spilled the milk. I'm going to clean it up. And if, if that was the last milk, I'm going to drink water and say, well, it's something right. Yep. And so with, so, and with, with some of my brothers, what I saw was like, I started having like a few of them come over and I call them brothers and not biological brothers. But I don't really have friends. Like I have guys I call my brothers. Right. You know, cause I don't, I don't really, you know, as much as I love humanity, I don't like a lot of people. man. Like, I hate <laughs> <laughs> Quote of the year. 
you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of things missing in people, like and and, and it's things that I don't know, like like they could put in there, like and you know, yeah. and so if they want to do it, you know, but so most people don't. Most people would rather pretend to be okay than work to be okay, you know. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't, you know. So I got these guys that are coming over and they're still going through it. They're going through certain things in their life, certain things with, you know, they they can't get off their back, certain things just in general life, like they may be in and out of prison. And so like I have them over on Sunday and like you, you cook them a meal and like we'd be working out like in the garage and I would watch sort of the weight sort of like melt off them. And sometimes we talk about what's going on. Sometimes we didn't. And so I started thinking, so like the name of the group is Steel Sharpened Steel, right? You know, because yeah. there's, there's like a quote in the Bible, I think, that says like iron sharpens iron or whatever. And so it's like, you know, only steel can sharpen steel. And so what I saw was that, and I knew for myself, you know, even being a therapist, like we don't, we don't talk. Like guys, that's not what we do. Like girls will talk to their girlfriends, their mother, their sister. They have somebody they're going to either complain, vent, cry. There's an outlet yeah, it's an outlet. Yep. Guys don't have an outlet, and so we carry it and die, right? You know, and so we have another saying that, you know, there's a difference. Like we we give hugs, we don't get hugs, you know. So so a lot of times we're the ones doing this, and no one ever in return walks up to us just, oh, man, honey, you like had a bad day, boom. And if you get that, and if you're getting that, then you don't know how blessed you are. But a lot of people don't get that. And so what I saw was I said, you know, it's like it's like. You know, it's like when you put things in a trash can, it's going to empty itself. You don't empty the trash can, eventually the paper falls out on the floor. So what happens is when it falls out for us, it's either high blood pressure, stroke, heart attack, you know, go off road rage, whatever the case may be. It comes out some way that's not healthy. Yeah. And so for the men's group, I said, we don't, we don't. And so I have a group of men and it's crazy. The guys who come out are, they boxing coaches, martial artists, like like tough guys, you know, street guys, guys are coming out. This is a sort of sit around the circle. And I had guys crying there, you know, have guys talk about things, you know, you know, you know, like I never told anyone this before, you know, and so it's a place that guys can come and it's their group. I go, it's not my group, it's your group. You know, yeah, sometimes yeah. I facilitate well, I well, I always facilitate. Sometimes I'll throw out like some motivational interviewing and I'll sort of draw some things out of them i'll play i'll sort of catch somebody and i'll go what does that work for you you know like i might throw a question at them yeah you know and sort of see some growth happening um you know within within the group since we started as well to see some guys who sort of came in hard line like no this is just the way i am and if they can't just sort of see some thought happening and so this is to make us not just better men but better fathers better partners you know and then you ultimately make a better community right yeah. and so you you get these guys in there who may you know and and it's okay to and like like i always use myself as an example right like i like i you know like i'm the toughest guy i know i think you know and um and if i gotta cry i'm gonna cry you know what yeah. i'm saying and, and like and i teach my son you know listen it's okay to cry if you're hurt you know mentally physically spiritually we just don't cry forever and yep. crying forever is the equivalent of, okay, now it becomes unproductive. You've been crying for, you know, it's like, you know, you cry when you feel it, you know, and when it's over, so, you know, you might even cry while you're doing it, but it doesn't stop your movement, you know, and so it's more of a cleanse. 
And so to have to be able to always throw myself out there to go like, yo, like I didn't know what to do or this is what happened or, you know, and I see a lot of people, you know, um, you know, start to sort of, you know, um, share. I was talking to my son the other day and, you know, so he and he was saying because I have people who won't show me their weak side. And he said, you know, and he said, he said, it's hard when you look up to somebody, you know, it feels almost like I like they have this vision of me and i go yo bro like i like if i if, if something affects me like i listen i cried when i cried when they kidnapped that little girl yeah cried yep. five times like i cried five times i didn't know her you know what i'm saying like like i see stuff on tv i see you know something that affects somebody like like if it affects me it affects me it doesn't mean i won't be in the front line I, i'm a frontline soldier you know yep. so you know, I, I I might be crying as I'm running at you. You know, but um, you know, this is a place that guys can sort of learn how to be because a lot of us were taught or we weren't we were shown how to be men who men by men who didn't know how to be men. Yeah, you know what yep. I mean? Yep. If that makes sense. You know, we don't do that. And what are you doing? And I watch guys ruin their kids, and I go, Man, you don't know how to be a man. Like I don't think you're tough and you want to tell him he's a punk like i think you're a punk yeah. you know what i mean like yeah. you know um and so it's like these false sense of and so in order to make a man better like these guys are saying wow they're giving strategies out guys are going home and trying it like wow yeah. you know they you know some guys have substance problems they're trying the strategies like i you know like i introduced them to meditation some of these guys yeah. never would have thought about meditating or if they heard about it, why would i do that listen i meditate every day you know, I, I read, I try to better myself every day. I reflect every night, meditate every day. Um, I have like, I have a series of like, you know, spiritual books, like, you know, the Quran, the Bible, um, uh, the Upanishads, um, Ekatoli, um, um, Lao Tzu, you know, um, the Tao Te Ching. Um, like I said, the book of five rings, there's a bunch of things that I do, like, and I'll pick and choose, like, depending on the day, the four agreements. Yeah. But there's a bunch of audio books that I sort of put on after my meditation. I sort of go through them, bing, 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 you know, that constant growth. And that's sort of, I guess, another tenet of being a you know, good leader is I'm like, you're never done learning and I'm always evolving. Yep. And he, he nailed that. And I was uh, the, the lifelong learning thing. And that's something that every single person I've had on the podcast and you're number 63, guest number 63. Wow. That has come up in some way, shape or form from a teacher, a school superintendent, college coach, professional athlete, every single person in some way, shape or form have touched on that concept of, you know, the evolution, the lifelong learning Ooh. and the, Nothing more important because as soon as you think you're done, you're done. <laughs> you're done. You're done. And that's how I gauge people. Whenever they feel like they can't learn or they're done, I go, wow, like that shows how far you are from the destination is the path. Like you yep. never arrive ever. Love it. Well, hey, ladies and gentlemen, this is Joe Dumpson. He's, uh, uh, again, a uh, uh, Great, great guy, great friend from, uh, you know, one of my earliest professional experiences. He's, um, you know, again, uh, you know, my mind, a community advocate, a community leader. And, and I, you know, I think there's a need for more and more and more of that as, you know, different 
you know, you know, bits of trouble pop up in different communities. So Joe, the work you're doing is commendable. And, and I, I, I hope you, you continue to do it because, you know, you might not see the impact immediately and it might only be maybe one person here and there, but it's an impact in a positive light. And, um, you know, appreciate you doing this today Thank and you. we're going to finish the drill here. All right. All quick, right. Let's go. Quick hit questions, short answer, rapid fire. Um, so here we go. You ready? Yeah, I see this, the sweat's coming a little bit right now. <laughs> no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> so, someone or something who inspires you currently and why? Currently. Currently and why? Inspires me currently and why? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, when he's <laughs> currently and why? Wow. <laughs> okay. Um, it's the, the Roy Firestone moment right here. <laughs> yeah, it is, man. <laughs> Currently in Guai, who inspires me? Currently in Guai. I don't know. I gotta, I gotta, gotta take some time on that one. Maybe we'll come back to that. Gotcha. Okay. Um, at your prime, and at your the two of your primes, who was the better chess player, you or Melvin Floyd? Oh, me, hands down. You sure? Melvin <laughs> would say the other. <laughs> hands down, but you know, Mel might, Mel might say definitely, but um, you know, Mel was good. But um, you know, I still I still beat him more than he beat me. You, you know, or Mark Whitley? Me, hands down. Damn. All right, all right. Hands the, down. Pro the prowess has been stated right because, there on the chess board. You know board. what it is? Because you know numbers don't lie. You know, and, and so I beat them more than they beat me. So you know. <laughs> but Whit Whitley's so much older, though, man. He should have been on the senior circuit. It's almost yeah, like that's like that taking taking candy from a baby. Jump, come on. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> um. Advice you'd give to 15-year-old Joe Dumpson? 15-year-old Joe Dumpson. Wow, that's a good one. What I would definitely tell him is what I tell the 15-year-old kids I encounter now. You know, that you know, that life, that, that life isn't promised, you know, and that and that we have to sort of make and we have to, but we also have the power to. That's the other thing I'm a firm believer that we have the power to change anything around us. And so instead I sort of went into my show, I sort of was you know, engulfed in the trauma when I could have changed it. And, and I look at, I could have been doing this years earlier, but I, but I also don't, I don't, I wouldn't change anything I went through because I don't think I'd be who I was if I didn't go through what I went through. Yeah. Great. Yeah, answer. But I would definitely tell them we got the power, you know, to yep. change what we want. Great answer. And last, last question, Joe, leadership means. Leadership means doing it when you don't, like I always tell people, like, it's like, like, it's not that I don't, and all of, I've led people for good and for bad, right? Like I was, I've been a leader all my life, you know, and leadership doesn't mean that I'm not scared. Doesn't mean that I'm not, I don't have anxiety. Doesn't mean that I'm unsure. Leadership means I'm going to do it anyway, you know? And, and so it's almost like, I know it needs to be done. So I'm going to get it done because it has to be done. And so it's that, it's that sense of, 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 you know, cause it, like being a leader, you have to have compassion. You have to be humble. You have to be fierce. You have to be, you have to know when to be and wear which hat. And so like it involves all the wise, you know? And so, um, you know, leadership means all of those, all those different characteristics. And, awesome. awesome. You know? And as far as someone who, who, um, there's this guy in New Jersey, it's a gym owner for the first question about who, you know, who inspires you right now. A, a guy in New Jersey, I can't think of his name, 
but he went to war with the governor of New Jersey over his COVID stuff. And like, he was sort of like, yo, like my gym is safe. And if Walmart can be open, I can be open. And he went to jail over it. He owes like New Jersey, like probably a million dollars. And he took his doors off. They locked the doors. He took them off. Like he's, he's, he came to work every day. And he inspired me because that's sort of what it takes. And most people aren't willing to say, you know, and that's sort of what America is and where we're sort of going away from where people don't understand this is America. This is the place where I can say no, like it's, it's for the people, by the people, like we are, we are the government. And, and it's sort of slowly going to where, no, the government's in charge. No, they're actually not in charge. Yeah. You know? And so this guy sort of like, like I, like I was like, wow, like it was like, and so like I started following him on Instagram, like I, cause I was watching him being interviewed and I was like, this guy, like he went to jail for it. And I watched religious leaders not open up their buildings because somebody told him they couldn't. And I was yeah. like, what? You know what I mean? Like to me, here's a guy who he's not a religious leader, yeah, but he took the stand that they should have taken. No, we're not removing Bibles and Korans and, you know, and Torahs. We're going to open up on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We're going to be here. And you know what? We're okay with it. We'll wear masks. We'll do whatever you want us to do, but you can't tell us we're close because people need us. Yeah. And, and and he was willing to do that. So He stood up and so he, fought the fight. Yeah. And fought the fight and currently fighting it, owing the million. Like, they just emptied out his bank accounts. Like, yeah. they, they just came empty his bank accounts out and all kind of stuff. Like, he's, to me, he's a hero. Like, like, like that's American. You know, awesome. Great answer. And, and D, um, I didn't say this in the beginning, but again, I probably didn't realize it or it definitely didn't say it when we were when we shared space in the, in, you know, on, on Island Pond Road there or whatever. Yeah. The name was. But, uh, you know, thank you. And you were part of a group of people who had a huge impact on who I am and who I've become based on watching you operate and watching you know, T and Mark Whitley and 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 Wayne Allen, that whole group of people there. Um, you know, so much learned from those experiences. So I, I'm, I'm in debt to you for that. I, I appreciate you for coming on today. And, and, I appreciate uh, you. you know, thank you for all that you're doing um, in Springfield uh, for the, for the young ones and the adults who, who maybe just need a ear to listen, uh, you know, to, to talk to and um, you know, keep, keep up the great work, keep up the fight to make that place better and to help the young ones mm-hmm. who, you know, might have the choice to go down a you know tough path um, to to steer them in a direction that's going to keep them, you know, out of trouble and, and really give them the opportunity to discover their best uh, because you surely have and uh, yes. and um, you know I think there's a ton of wisdom there that can be passed along. So I appreciate you joining us today, Joe. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you for having me, giving me the opportunity. No, and my pleasure. My no, we'll have to do it again at some point down the road. Too. Yeah, let me in, know. Let in me person, know. though. Next time, let it's in know. person. Right, right. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, that is the uh, Lead with Empower podcast. That was Joe Dumpson. He leads with Empower. And, hey, if you take something away from this conversation today, give somebody a chance. Give somebody a chance. Sometimes that's all they need to be able to find and discover and be their best. Hey, we'll check you out next time. Be safe. Be smart. Do something nice for somebody. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you later. Great leadership may look and sound different. However, there are common threads that connect all tremendous leaders. They are passionate about those that they lead. They do that which brings out their best and the best in those around them. And they never take the easy way out because the exceptional will never come from easy.